0: Welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury.
1: So, Simon, it's selection <sighs> fever. It is. Can you feel it? Yes. Can you feel it?
0: Yes. Ooh, can you, you feel it? Are you reaching back to the 70s I for am. some songs? I am.
1: I am we're reaching back to the 70s well at least that's what the labor manifesto looks like but um yes yes all we'll get the digging early well listeners last time we recorded it was all up in the air and finally an election is called and we December the 12th our first december election since 1923
0: 1923
1: I know so nearly 100 years 96 and um represents its own challenges in terms of Getting out there and getting the message out to the people in these dark, dark evenings. And um, I think your, your stall was slightly bemoistened yesterday, if I can use that term.
0: You, you don't know. Maybe in this weather, actually, voters will see a stall as a refuge, so we'll stop by to talk and no. um, to shelter from the rain. All we need to do is perhaps try and find a way of putting, you know, like a log fire in there and some Hot slippers and some, <laughs> and some. Although, to be fair, we can't give voters. Gifts. No. We can't give them drinks or something. We can't because that's treating.
1: How
0: no, is it? Yeah, we're not allowed to provide them with free things. We can't do, you know, like the Australians who, you know, you go to a Barbie boat thing. Uh, what's we, it called? It's uh the the,
1: the something snag. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we we yeah. So we unfortunately we we won't. It's it's not that we, we mean democracy sausage. That's what democracy it's the democracy sausage. I think. Yes, there, well there's two things that people don't like to see made and that's laws and sausages. Yeah. And here we are with a democracy sausage that has us pounding the damp, cold streets in December trying to convince people to speak to us about political matters when they want to, like, curl up in front of a fire, put their gym Jams on and watch loads of stuff on Netflix.
1: Yeah, oh, although other streaming services are available. Oh yes. So. Let, we're going to have a look at both of the, the we're a tale of two cities, Portsmouth, mm-hmm. there's the North-South Divide, Yes. and we're going to uh, invite. give our listeners a quick tour and some edited highlights and some of our usual insightful nonsense. As to...
0: <laughs> insightful nonsense, I think that's good, that's a good strap line I for think us.
1: That's a, we could have t-shirts, t- t- <laughs> yes. Pompey Politics Podcast, insightful, <laughs> insightful nonsense, <laughs> nonsense in a confused <laughs> world. <laughs> So, Portsmouth North, current incumbent, the wonderful Penny Morton.
0: Um, okay, I mean, I, I, I won't agree with the characterisation, but nonetheless, uh, yes, she is a very succe- the very successful incumbent of Portsmouth North.
1: And back in 2017, romped home with fully 55% of the vote, which is a, that's a fair old winning margin. I think it was even up 5% on 2015, which would be fair to say from a Conservative perspective one of very few seats across the country where it all went quite as well as it could have done for us in 2017.
0: 2017 you yeah you increased your majority and yes you had more than 50% of the vote so literally if everybody else everybody that voted for somebody else in Portsmouth North in 2017 had they all decided to vote for the same party
1: we still would have won
0: the Conservatives would have still won.
1: So this time around, well, that's
0: the vagaries of first past the post. It is isn't indeed, it?
1: indeed. So this time around, uh, what of our, what of, for for those foolish enough not to want Penny, who who have who have we got in Portsmouth North as an alternative?
0: So the lineup in Portsmouth North, I feel like I should segue in with the music from Top of the Pops. Yeah. Um,
1: ba, 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 ba,
0: ba, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll steal it from the internet. We don't need to sing it; it. it's fine. Um, so. <laughs> So, yeah, we've got um, George Majewick standing as an independent.
1: Ah, no, he's got history, isn't Didn't he used to be of the purple persuasion?
0: Uh, Yes, he was the Cosham UK Independence Party candidate in May 2019's local
1: election. He stood against you. He did. Did you beat him? No. Ooh,
0: that's got a sting. He got 899 votes and I got 427 Yours are a better class, vote, I'm sure. So George. Madwick, I wouldn't so, make that distinction. No, no, on no. That, I'm
1: no. sure you wouldn't, but no. I'm allowed to. Yes. Um, so George. Madwick, independent. Mm-hmm. So pretending not to be UKIP anymore, which is splendid.
0: Okay. In Greens, we have Lloyd Day.
1: Lloyd Day. Now, interesting here. This is one of the, one of those constituencies where, the Unite to Remain, group, which I believe is the Greens, Plaid, and yourselves, the Lib Dems.
0: And the independent group for naming the independent group or whatever they're called. They're oh, right. right as well.
1: uh, so there are certain wards where you have said the folk who's got the best chance of winning this is going to stand and the other parties will... I believe would stand. Step aside. Step aside. Yes. But in caution, I'm presuming there's going to be a Lib Dem candidate, you want caution, Portsmouth North, there will be uh, the choice of... So we've got Greens mm-hmm. and they're... Trillion dollar offering for uh, the next ten years. Who else have we got there? Uh,
0: and then announced this week is Labour's candidate, which is Amanda Martin.
1: Now, d- uh, as somebody who has a, a reasonable interest in local politics, that's not a name I've seen come up before. I don't think she's a sitting councillor, or
0: uh, no. Um, I believe she's um, she works at Portsmouth University. Um, and is involved with um, education unions, the National Education Union Vice President and Portsmouth teacher. Ah, well, splendid. And then you must have some. So it's piece. interesting, actually, the number of... Sorry, just hmm? interrupting there. It's interesting the number of people involved in our local political scene hmm. that are actually um, either you know teachers or involved in some way in the education sector.
1: Always been a political hotbed, though, hasn't it? It's the, the, the educational sector... I think it, it. I guess it's kind of lots of academics like to study politics and the way things goes. Tends to be more left leaning, I would say, but um, or, or libertarian, but, but um, yeah. You've
0: got th- two or three on the council that are uh, Lib- liberal democrats that are teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, and indeed, uh, at least one of the concept wasn't Terry Norton. Didn't he used to be a teacher? Couldn't Terry? yeah. So so there's a, you know, it's just interesting that actually across the different parties there are. Um, several people from that sector. Yep. Um, so that's quite interesting. Yes. So for the Brexit Party, we oh, have Angela Hancock.
1: Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I can't get my head around the Brexit Party. I, I Again, I think I've spoken in previous podcasts that I saw the point of it. But then Farage stood up and said, Well, Boris, let's work together. All you have to do is ditch the deal. It just. In terms of demands that you could make that were just never going to happen, oh, hopeless. Anyway, so let's hope they just become a distraction and, and and whatever the outcome of this this election, they
0: just go away. Well, if you want a proper Brexit, they're who you should vote for, apparently. So if you previously voted Conservative and want a proper Brexit, you definitely vote for the Brexit Party. So, and the Liberal Democrat candidate... You didn't mean
1: that. You couldn't get through that whole sentence without laughing, could you? You tried really hard, and then even <laughs> yourself, you fell at the final hurdle. No, if a,
0: you want a proper the Brexit, Brexit, the Brexit that nobody uh, described in 2016, yeah, well, then definitely yeah, one, vote for the Brexit one party. One with black
1: pudding and...
0: and. Yeah. Uh, and wistful nonsense and yeah. nostalgia. Oh, that's
1: no—that's a proper breakfast, isn't it?
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs>
1: super. Right, Lib Dem candidate.
0: So yes, so Antonia Harrison is the Liberal Democrat candidate for Portsmouth North. Yeah. So she has lots of experience um, working in in within Europe. So she's she, her children have, have both studied in Europe. She's worked in Europe for a number of years. She's has a background in the um, in the mental being industry. Yeah. Um, so she's got lots of experience about. How some of the things that are we're actually really struggling with at the moment, actually, interestingly, from mental well-being and also from a uh, the issue of the day, obviously Brexit, what the benefits are of being in the European Union.
1: So a very Europeany, which let's face it, most of you chaps are.
0: So uh, my, my, uh, yeah, but
1: not all chaps. Sorry, being a gender-neutral, inclusive term. Um, so, yes. So is that all the runners and riders?
0: Uh, well, we have left out Penny Morden, but you know. Oh. I mean, we're quite happy to if you no, want. No, if you wanted to leave her off the no, ballot paper, it's no, not something we no, get to decide. No, but, no, no. So, so
1: Penny Morton's on there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, if you look at the numbers, realistically, Portsmouth North, unless something seismic happens, looks like one of the safer Conservative seats in the country.
0: Um, I think there's a a large gap to leap past. In order to in order to overturn the result in Portsmouth North, um, but who knows with what's going on?
1: Yeah, no, we live in strange times indeed. And we it do. Is, you know, it is only nine years ago that it was in fact a Labour seat, mm-hmm. um, and the Conservatives took it off them. So,
0: so yeah, it's changed. Has not as many times as, as Portsmouth South, which we'll come to in a minute. Oh, but yeah, but um, that was nearly
1: a nice. Yes.
0: segue. so it will be interesting to actually see what the what the result hap- what the uh, what the result is in Portsmouth North because. Um, the Liberal Democrats are doing quite well nationally with a, with our clear message. Um, there seems to be a split in the Labour vote with regarding whether people hate or love Corbyn. It's a bit of a marmite. Yep. Um, no,
1: marmite's delicious.
0: Well, I'm also not calling, calling Corbyn a yeast, yeast extract. But. No, but this is true.
1: So it's going to be uh, so the the North perhaps uh, is is not not as contentious. But if democracy is important to you. And you are really interested Here he in goes. politics.
0: This is where he goes.
1: And you live south of the border, then Portsmouth South. Oh.
0: Yes, Portsmouth South, rather more interesting.
1: Let's have a cup of tea
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then ring the bell.
0: Welcome back. Yes, we have tea.
1: We have tea and we're now working to a new slogan, which Simon's fired at me, which is let's get this podcast done. So uh, we'll, we'll be working to that. So we're going to look at the fascinating world of Portsmouth South. Mm. So three elections, 2010, 2015,
0: 2017.
1: Back in 2010, Simon, who won it? So
0: back in 2010, it was it was the Liberal Democrats that won, see.
1: And Conservatives in second and our chums at Labour, it has to be said, a distant third.
0: Yeah, so in, in 2010... Um, The Lib Dems had just shy of 19,000 votes, the Tories had 13,700, and Labour had 5,600-odd. So Labour were really a distant third, and it was a reasonably healthy majority for the Lib Dems.
1: And all that then changed in 2015. It did. Where the lovable Flip Drummond of the Conservative Party...
0: Yeah, so the Tories then romped it with 14,500 votes.
1: So we've we've grown strong. Who, who
0: was in second place? So second was Lib Dems with nine thousand three hundred odd. Yeah. Um so again very dis- very distant from the yeah. from the Conservatives, you know, for five thousand odd majority. And then Labour were, you know, just behind the Lib Dems at eight thousand just over just over eight thousand. So they've gone from, you know, five six to eight thousand. So
1: they're starting to gather a bit of momentum.
0: Well and I guess
1: there were other No pla- pun intended. No no there were other players in twenty fifteen, weren't there? I think the uh, I think the Greens had a had
0: quite Yeah. A so the yeah, so the the Greens had had a good year. Their norm seems to be so either so twenty ten and twenty seventeen, their vote was around seven hundred, but in twenty fifteen it was three thousand odd.
1: And the the old distant shadow that was UKIP, how many did they manage to turn in? Five and a half thousand. So, pretty much the same number of votes as Labour got in 2010, which is interesting. And then 2017, everything changed again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, some things changed, some things stayed the same.
1: Exactly. So, so Stephen Morgan of the Mm -hmm. Labour Party has, has... romped through mm-hmm. and got his nose across the line in a photo finish. I think it was only about three percent margin.
0: Yeah, it, it was a it it was a tight fight. So yes, a photo finish is um, is an interesting one for Stephen. Yeah, eighteen thousand two hundred ninety in twenty seventeen. The Conservatives sixteen thousand seven hundred
1: thirty six. Which, when you look over that sort of seven year period, mm. Labour have tripled their number of votes. Yes, in, in that you know that is a whilst often on this podcast we don't give Labour. A fair suck of the sauce bottle, as it were. You've got to say that. You know. That
0: that yeah, yeah, that is an interesting turnaround. So yeah, so in this in the same, so in the 2017 election, so the green vote collapsed, collapsed, disappeared back to what seems to be the, you know, the roughly kind of normal thing for the, yeah, you know, for the uh, time that they stood in 2010, and um, but also the UKIP vote collapsed. That went down to just you know, well, went down to 1100 or so. Does did Labour benefit? from that collapse in the green and the ukip vote
1: and it, it looks like they have to have done because i mean the conservative uh, the conservative i think flip got 35 percent of the vote in 2015 and actually took that up to 38 percent in 2017 but still managed to lose as a uh, brother morgan romped across the line so we've got a seat which has had three different colors in the last three elections
0: mm-hmm. And will it change hands again?
1: Will it change hands again? I think we're both hoping for that to happen.
0: Um, we are. We're just both hoping that it changes hands to a different colour, exactly, um, which yeah. is entirely predictable.
1: Well, indeed. So, yes. If runners, only there was a poll. But, well, we can come to that in a minute. Let's <laughs> have a look at who the runners and even the runners and riders in this uh, in this ward is fascinating. So Stephen Morgan is up again. He is the leader of the Labour group mm-hmm. in the council.
0: Yes. Um, and the Conservative candidate for Portsmouth South is the Conservative leader of the Conservative group indeed. in the, the council, which is Donna Jones. Yes, yeah, indeed, of the Labour group, which yeah, is no. clearly not. So well, you, no, but if you look at the Labour group on the council's voting record, they tend to vote a lot with the Conservative. But, yeah.
1: And why is the current Liberal group in power? Uh,
0: oh, be, because it? Labour decided that they'd rather have oh. us than, yeah. than vote to have a yep. Tory, yep. Tory, yep. Tory yep. council. Oh, Anywho. Nice.
1: So we've got Donna Jones yes. standing and in... The yellow corner.
0: Um, so, in the yellow corner is um, well-known leader of the council, the Liberal Democrat council, is Gerald Vernon Jackson.
1: And this is one of the wards where uh, unite to remain. Uh, sorry, unite to remain um, have aligned themselves. So the Greens are not fielding candidate in Portsmouth South.
0: That's right. yes. Yeah. So as part of the the Unite to Remain alliance, so that's I think that's about 60 odd seats across the country, where the um, with the Lib Dems, the Greens, Plaid, um, and the Independent Group for Change have uh, agreed to, and have agreed to step aside to allow the Remain backing candidate with the with the best chance um, to actually stand.
1: Now the one thing we don't know about this ward is. The uh, the lunatic Literacy. of the TBP.
0: Yeah, they recently pulled their candidate.
1: They did, after Donna Jones sent a cheeky little tweet to Mr Farage that says, Oh, for God's sake, you fool, I'm a Brexiteer. Me, through yeah. and through.
0: What, well, Donna's begging Nigel he on the t- on Twitter? Begging, be- Please, Mr Farage, don't stand a candidate against me. I'm honestly a full Brexiteer. yeah.
1: yeah. I know. It would be terrible if parties started working together. But, um, but so marvellous at the moment, the person has stepped uh, stepped stepped aside. Is that what we're saying? Stepped aside. Stepped yes. aside. So, yeah. it, so it just looks like the three biggest dogs in yeah. the three biggest parties going head to head.
0: Yes. So in a seat that is a th- genuine three-way marginal, where it has changed hands three times over the last three elections. Where all where the three candidates of the three major parties are the leaders of their respective groups on the local council, it's a bit of a bunfight, oh, isn't it? It's that's not, that, isn't that's it's um it's the sort of thing that um I'm surprised hasn't been the media haven't kind of got more behind. Oh, so, I, think,
1: I think they should, and we as a podcast are going to get right behind this, and uh, and we will uh, we we'll, we'll see how much insight we can get into Portsmouth South because this one is going to be big.
0: We'll extend our invitations to each of the major party candidates in the North and South to um, have them on. Come and join us. Yes, come and join us. It we'll would be lovely to hear from you.
1: So the trouble is I feel I have to put a voice on now when we're talking about Portsmouth South. Why? Well, it's a bit like the, who goes, you decide. I'll get a Portsmouth, voice, P- Portsmouth South voice. Like a ring announcing it. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I honestly... You,
0: I, I can't remember the name of the guy that used to do the the... Um, the voicing announcements for uh, Big Brother. Um, was it Marcus? Yeah. Um Who goes? You yes. decide.
1: Yeah, right, I could do something like that. Or...
0: General election. General election. Who... 2019. Gets... I don't know why that's suddenly gone that's, there.
1: There's, yeah, it couldn't. Uh, or even... Day that, six. Day six. Or even we could take it back to the days of MTV and the great celebrity deathmatch. Last scene figures battling it out let's get it on
0: well we we could i guess we we could maybe actually if we just you know ask them to fight it out in the fountain in commercial road then that Ooh, would be
1: that could work that could work for me we might have to record that as a special if it turned yeah. ugly down the nags head which one of the three candidates do you reckon can <laughs> handle themselves best <laughs> oh, that's a that's a okay. proper Portsmouth way to sort yeah. it out. And you
0: get. can you can take the guy out of Portsmouth, but yep. you know, yeah, no, okay. we're not going to do
1: that. We're going to look at it from a from a point of view of you know Stephen is the incumbent, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, you know, and look, we're going to be part of, and we've got to
0: recognise it's mm-hmm. good, he, you know, he is a popular he's a popular guy in Portsmouth South.
1: Yeah, no, and and to be fair, he, you know, he, he's there. I think. I think he's got some bother in this election um, because I don't think, my personal thought is he was very helped out last time by the student vote. Students traditionally, God bless them, are more left leaning and labourite in their nature. I think there was a lot of work done to mobilise them, you know I remember, who's that unspeakable little nerd Owen somebody.
0: Are you talking about Owen Jones?
1: Yes. Didn't they invite him down?
0: Uh, yeah, he came and spoke to Portsmouth Momentum at the rival club. That's right. That's right. So, did he went to that?
1: Did you? Mm. Oh, I would have rather eat my own hair.
0: Um, but um, yeah, so it will be interesting because the because the timing of this election, although it varies from university to university, but in Portsmouth, they um, they actually break up for Christmas the week that the election takes place. However. What insiders that work at the university tell me, so the inside knowledge of how students behave, yeah. is that they tend to actually not bother to going to any lectures in the no. last week and that, actually just go home.
1: That weekend before is when Major and Pater come with the car and pack the rotting possessions from their student digs into the back of it and drive home before... Because you haven't to leave it to Tuesday, do you? So that that could be an issue mm-hmm. um, for the, the, the fault there. Now,
0: yeah. the vast and seventy percent of students vote in their hometowns rather than their study towns.
1: And of course, that's the thing, isn't it? Is that which I suppose you've got to expect that there are students living in or at college or, or outside of Portsmouth mm-hmm. that will be coming home to Portsmouth and mm-hmm. may favour. Yeah. Young, but I'm I'm. Are we a net importer or a net exporter
0: of students? I I don't know. I don't
1: know either. But I'm going to guess importer.
0: Well, I should imagine so, considering we've got a very successful university.
1: Yes, indeed. So, it's going to be fascinating. Mm. Um, And the the question I guess is that, how much will the great heavy B word become a factor in Portsmouth South?
0: Well, that's the thing. So interestingly, you, you know, what you said about students tending to be left-leaning. Um, what, um, what is interesting to see, big, listening to students, is that they are actually concerned about the impact of leaving the European Union on, on their future study and work plans. Yep. So they're finding that, a, you know, for, for a large proportion of them, they're actually finding that a, a really big, deal, decisive issue. On who, who's likely to get their vote. So it might be that Labour can't count on what they feel is their natural support.
1: Very very possibly and I think you know one of the one of the interesting challenges about this election is about getting that information out there. There's, we live in an age where access to information online and everything else there's so much about. You know, I was musing on this when you know you told me that the last election was 1923 mm-hmm. in December and I, I mused on that. And you, you look at you know, how would the message have got out in 1923? Indeed. A bit of door knocking, and I'm not even sure there would have been much leaflet delivery.
0: Um, well, um, I mean, there was, a, uh, there was a piece about it actually on the BBC that I saw, where they, um, in a library, I forget where it was, um, and they, they had archived examples of the political leaflets that were distributed at the day. Yeah, and it was quite interesting because some of the one of the leaflets that they showed was for a candidate saying that they would promise to um, increase wages, improve job prospects, and remove tariffs on exports to foreign countries.
1: As you say, some things <laughs> remain the same. Some things change. So, yeah. so, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna see how it unfolds. Um, so we, we we touched on how it looked last time. Mm. Um, with our friend Morgan across the line, um, Flick in second, yourselves in third. Um, but you, I understand you, you chaps, have commissioned a piece of indeve- independent pollery. Mm-hmm. and um, and uh, you, it would be fair to say you're reasonably pleased with the results.
0: Um, it, it shows that there's a fight worth having. To be honest with you, um, it's it's never a good idea to be too confident. About no. polls, and there's always lots of work that goes on to turn polls into election results. Yes, indeed. But yes, so the so the poll that came back had us in first place, Ooh. with thirty percent of the vote, with the Conservatives in second place with twenty-seven perzo- per- So the Conservatives in second place with twenty-seven percent of the vote, and the Labour Party in third with twenty-four percent of the vote, and interestingly, the Brexit Party with fourteen percent of the vote. Ooh. So. How does the revelation since the poll was released that the Brexit party have pulled their candidate?
1: So we've got 30, 27, Mm -hmm. 24, Mm -hmm. but we've now got 14% of the...
0: Mm. mm. So then how much of that 14% will revert to Conservatives or Labour? Yeah... And also then into the mix, which isn't listed in the in the data I've got here, but it is in the full figures, yep. but um, is obviously with the Greens standing aside their candidate um, in Portsmouth South, like we've stood aside on the Isle of Wight um, for them. Again, so it just makes it even more of a three-way bun fight. It
1: certainly does because I think that gives you, you know, if we play the numbers game, that gives you an extra couple of percent. Um, so that if that sticks you on thirty-two. Let me do the sums in my own mind. Five and a bit better, it gives us. Oh, do you know what? It's
0: bloody tight, isn't it? Yeah, because if
1: if of that 14%, I give 5% to us, I'll give 8% to Labour, or I've got 1% spare, but don't worry about that. That puts us all on 32%. It's
0: frightening, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's marvellous.
0: It is. This is why you get involved in politics. <laughs> yes so um yeah portsmouth south guys is where it's all getting decided yes your every single vote so perhaps if it, uh, we, we've talked before about how first past the post can make some voters feel like their vote is irrelevant because in some constituencies in the country yep. for example like in haven't not being funny you can
1: tin of beans tin of a a bean, beans blue, with a blue, blue ribbon blue yep
0: um i don't know whether the tin of beans would be more photogenic than alan Mac, but nonetheless would would still get elected. So if you vote for any of the other parties, you know, you might feel that your your vote is wasted. So um, that's why there's an argument for proportional representation. But
1: not in Portsmouth South.
0: But in Portsmouth South, every single vote matters.
1: Right, we're gonna try and get you some more insight on Portsmouth South, Mm -hmm. because it's it's where it's at. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, as it all unfolds over the next few weeks, exciting times. Indeed.
0: and we're back final
1: segment Mm -hmm. matters of national importance yes so we've got an alliance on the remain side
0: yes the unite to remain that unfortunately Labour didn't want to play ball with
1: yeah no it's unite to remain which is which is good I I, uh, yeah I would have preferred unite to in because that would have made it UTI or urine retract infection which would have been much funnier, but still, somebody somewhere spotted that, and you've become united to remain. And then, oh God, the 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 rattling gourd that is Nigel Farage stood up and said, "Oh, Boris, we should do a pact. We should do a deal." Yeah, ding—that's a ding of doom, isn't
0: it? Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, we we had a bit of a chat about this before we before we started recording. So, yeah. we both actually came to a similar conclusion that actually. Farage, by demanding the undeliverable, is yep. the enemy of Brexit. Uh,
1: and, and absolutely. So the second that he stood up and said, oh, I'll drop the deal, oh, uh, me, no, 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 let me speak. You just is, that think, your, is that your Johnson voice? That's my Farage voice. No, it Sounds very much like your Johnson no, voice. No, 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 no. No, Farage, he stood up, dropped the deal. That is never going to happen. So, you know, if there's one thing Boris has been able to do, it's to get the whole of the Conservative Party pretty much united behind his deal. And the chances of him dropping that were, well, it just was never going to
0: happen. So well, the second I'm, that
1: Farage spoke that out loud, well, that's, that's, it's game over,
0: isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, Farage was effectively asking Boris Johnson to... Um, Take a Labour Party position to negotiating a deal and then actually campaigning against it. Yep,
1: now that so, would be madness, sir. Well, Absolute well, they're
0: madness. in, they're in, kind of madness lies. Um, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting line, effectively, to say to people in favour of Brexit, regardless of what flavour of Brexit, flavour of Brexit they were in favour of. If you want a Brexit at all, this is the one that's on the table. This, yep. this is the thing. Um. And Farage, that's not good enough for Farage.
1: Well, and I, he's
0: also not standing.
1: Well, and that, and again, just ridiculous, isn't it? It's that I want to lead this, whatever this is, and but I'm not actually going to stand. And I, 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 it genuinely makes me cross that you know, allegedly having worked all of his life to deliver Brexit, or you know, as he would say, or UK independence, the only chance or the, the biggest risk to not delivering Brexit now is the Brexit party. It, uh, what madness are we in where, you know, because you can't have your flavour of ice cream, you're going to turn the freezer off and throw it out of the window?
0: It's it's an interesting... See, I, I find there an interesting comparison between some of the most vociferous people on the left that... um. That like protest politics, but yep. don't want to actually deal with the pragmatic solutions of getting into power in order to be able to do something, even if it's not the perfect thing that you wanted.
1: A very interesting comparison, because I, again, I was a comedian I was listening to uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mark Steele, who was uh, was saying about some of the extreme momentumites who were doing the, Well, you Blairite scum, go and join the Tories then. Uh, okay, I think I will. Well, that hasn't helped your cause any, has it? You know, you had somebody who was prepared to put their ex in a Labour box, but because it was the wrong type of Labour, oh, we don't want your kind in here. Ooh. Well, that's what
0: happens when you only have, when you have um, battles of ideological purity. Yeah. They don't, you know, um, to be fair, both the Tory party has been subsumed, actually, the USP of the Brexit party. Um, and the Labour Party have, subsu- you know, so, so they've moved to their yep. extreme. The Labour Party have moved to, the, you know, to their extreme. So it, it, it's kind of interesting that there is this kind of divestment leaving a sensible, what I would call a sensible centre ground politics, um, where consensus can be built, um, free and open. But I guess maybe Nigel just decided that he didn't want to try for the eighth time to be an MP because there were too many dolphins.
1: Yeah, there's always the risk of dolphins. Indeed. Indeed. So I think we're universally agreed Farage is an idiot. and um, let's... What,
0: what could his reason be for doing it? you know, it's, it's almost like he's in e- it for himself rather ego.
1: than. It's ego, isn't it? It's a very bad thing. So, so Farage is very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of things which are very bad, John Burko has <laughs> left the building.
0: Well, you mean the hero of our he's, democracy?
1: He's not a hero, he's a very naughty boy. Yes, so here uh, he has left the speaker's chair to be replaced by
0: Lindsey Hoyle, Sir Lindsay Hoyle. Oh yes, I beg your pardon, Sir Lindsey Hoyle. Yeah.
1: Who, interestingly, is a Labour lad.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, doesn't it kind of tend to kind of? I don't think it's a requirement, but it kind of is it not kind of just a natural kind of forming of convention that they tend to go the successive speaker tends to be from the opposing side that the. I think I
1: think there's some of that goes on, um, but um, yeah, no, he he he's already he's setting his stall out, isn't he? Saying yes. that, uh, that I might not have gone the same way as the uh, previous imp went, um, and he's now in the Sunday papers rattling his head about Brexit being bad and Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, I think kind of handing in, you know, leaving your job and then the next day going to the press saying confirming all of the things that the people that accused you of is. It's not necessarily well, a and um, I
1: guess for most of us we'd be looking for another job, but I guess the Burko boy is- his time has come, hasn't it? So, uh, well, I,
0: I'm I'm sure such a talented and erudite gentleman as Sir John Burko is it Sir John
1: Burko? I don't know whether it's Sir John Burko. Uh, as John Burko,
0: we'll will be able to um we'll land on it land on his feet. I'm and sure to he'll be fun.
1: fair. He has got a bit of charisma about him, has not he? Oh duh, oh, duh. Mm. You know, I I am interesting to see how, how Lindsay does unlock So, I I used to like that.
0: I see that. I see what you've done there. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Well. Eyes to the left.
1: Nose to the right. Here I am. Yeah. Stuck in the middle of you. <laughs> I I Indeed. But Indeed. not for much longer. No. So, right. So the time has come. Yes. You've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast.
0: Blue and yellow till we die.
1: I've been Ian Tiny Morris.
0: And I am still Simon Sansbury. <laughs> myself.
1: Let's. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>